I'm finding that when this whole trying to figure out what happened thing started three years ago, yes, 80% of the world was like, nothing happened. It's just sour grapes. And 20% yeah. of the world was like, Oh my God, did you see what happened? It's all, it's all BS. Right. Um, and now what's happened is we've kind of slowly moved over to the point now where I think probably 75% of the world is like, Oh yeah, something definitely happened. You know, I can't prove it. I don't know all, all the details, but it, it sure seems like something's amiss. And 25%, uh, you know, of the country is out there just saying, Nope, absolutely nothing happened. It, it's, you know, it's all cool. And those are the same people that believe that there's 212 genders, you know, so. <laughs> I believe, I believe it's 215, dude. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, good. Well, I mean, what, so what, what I was going to say is I, I don't want to forget, like one of, one of the most important things that I, that I want to get out um, tonight um, is that, you know, the Georgia legislature is in session right now. Mm. The state election board is meeting tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. Mm. And I'm trying to get the word out to as many people as possible to reach out to the Georgia state election board you know, members and let them know that we do want to get rid of, of, uh, of no excuse absentee ballots. Yes. Uh, and no excuse absentee ballots. That's just a fancy way of saying, you know, we want to get rid of the ability for anybody who wants an absentee ballot to request one. Right. Right. Um, because that, I mean, uh, it just leads to too many opportunities to cheat. Because traditionally it has not been that way. Well, I mean, for over 200 years, I mean, you voted on election day. That was your choice, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and, and now now we've come up with all kinds of excuses that say, oh, no, no, you, we're going to have like a season of voting. It's going to it's going to go on for like three weeks. Um, you know, I mean, it's like the all star games. It just goes on and on and on. Um, so that that's that that kind of bothers me. But but the reality is, is, you know, I would like to get rid of, you know, ballots for like any reason. I mean, I, I think that the, the people that should have access you know, to absentee by mail ballots is obviously, you know, people in the military, um, you know, particularly if they're if they're not their home state or they've been deployed. If you are, you know, elderly or disabled, then, you know, you, you fill out your form, you ask for an absentee ballot and you say that, you know, either you can sign for the ballot or you designate one other person who can sign for the ballot. That's right. it. Right. Uh, you know, if you're you know, if you're off at you know, if you're off at school, you know, like, you know, um, like my son is 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 up in New York. Mm. Hey, guess what? He's lived in New York for a year. He has gotten residency there. So he now votes in New York. So mm. the, the way it should be, mm. you know, so I think that I think the number of people who should be voting by mail is really small. It's not supposed to be 20 percent of the population or anything like that. Right. But, but the whole the whole point is I, I really I'm posting some things on Twitter where people can just copy paste. You can like, you know, click a link that'll take you right to, you know, opening up an email then you can go back to Twitter. You can copy the, you know, the, um, the, the body of the message. You can just email it, you know, directly over to, you know, to your legislator, um, you know, or, 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 or you can send it to the state election board. So, I mean, we've got everything that's all set up in there to just make it easy. Um, and I've, and I've had some detractors, you know, particularly on Twitter. There's like, I've got like some haters that just absolutely hate my guts. Um, well, and- there, there are operatives that are operating on Twitter and their job is to, you know, combat any kind of information that might thwart their agenda. Of course, they call what you're talking about misinformation. That's the, you know, that's the, the abracadabra term. As soon as they say that, 
it gives people permission to stop paying attention. But right. they're not, I'm convinced those are not organic. And indeed, there's been some evidence of that as well. Yeah, well, there, there's there's one there's one that's on Twitter in particular that, you know, I just ignore, ignore her. I mean, she's a she's a UK citizen. You know, she's constantly just constantly crying about, you know, how how Trump is uh, how Trump is terrible and how I'm terrible for, you know, for, you know, for supporting him. And, the, you know, the reality is, is, yes, I do support him. But, you know, but my work in in, in elections, like I said, when, when we first started, you know, started talking, I used to think of the world as. Republicans, Democrats, and Independents, right? And and the reality is, is it's it's us versus them. And again, and like I said before, the the them is the political class of people who want to get elected. They want to stay in power. They want to be there for you know for 20, 30, 40 years, maybe fifty years. I mean, like Biden, and Pelosi been, have been there. Right. Um, you know, that's that's the you know that's the kind of that's the that's the them and the and the us. The collective us is like anybody who's worth less than like $10 million or so, because if you're worth less, less than $10 million, you don't matter. You just, right. you don't matter. You're not going to move the needle for, you know, for these people and they're not going to pay attention to you. So it's time for, it's time for the people to wake up and just understand that you do have a voice and your voice is your vote. And the yeah. only way to make sure that your vote, that your vote counts is, is to, you know, is to secure it. So I'm trying to get people to make it so that we don't mail out ballots to anybody and everybody. And you, you can use something called United States Postal Service Restricted Mail. And yes. it makes it so that your ballot, you know, can only be delivered to you or if you're disabled, somebody that you have authorized on the application to be able to pick up your ballot for you. That's it. And that's what it should be. You know, if, if you're if you're mailing you know, if a lawyer is sending, you know, documents, what, how do they send them? They send them with a process server. Right. You know, if the bank is sending, you know, mortgage documents, how do they send it? UPS, FedEx, they use tracking, they use signature, they can see who signed for it, what time, when, where. They can see all the details. And right now in Georgia, nobody tracks anything. Yeah. They don't track the ballots. They don't track the ballot applications. They don't track anything. Well, what I love about this idea is that, I mean, not only are things like this, not only do they exist, but they're already, as you just mentioned, they're already in use. It's stuff that we use every single day. Right. So how, who places that designation? The designation? Restricted delivery, yeah. The, the counties can. So, so for, here's an example. So, I met with yeah. I met with some folks at um, in Hall County last mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. and I asked them who's mailing your ballots. They said, "Well, we we have a service that we're contracting with." And I said, "Well, that's kind of a problem, don't you think?" I said, "Because if if I go to them with like fifty thousand bucks and say, hey, can you redirect some of these ballots to you know to you know to one particular address?'" They use a third party service. Yes, you know. Lots of counties do. All right. So it's not, it's, I'm not trying to call out Hall County. I'm just saying that this is, this is common practice. All right. This yeah. is just standard. Yeah. And, and I said, you know, if I wanted to, I said, I could go find some weak link over there and just offer them, you know, offer them some money to send some ballots. And they were like, wow, I didn't really think about that. You really got to think like a criminal. And I was like, well, you, you, you do kind of have to think like a criminal. That's the first thing. Right. But I said, when, when you are mailing those things out, do you track them at all? Great. And they were like, no, we, we don't, we don't track them. And I said, well, the United States Postal Service uses something called informed delivery. It's mm-hmm. free. All right. It's mm-hmm. free. They give you like a little picture. They send you like a PDF that shows a picture of, of your, you know, mail, like when it arrived in your mailbox, you know. And if you're a sender, it shows like when, when it arrived at somebody's mailbox and, and it tracks it all along the way. Mm-hmm. That's free. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it doesn't stop somebody from, you know, once the ballot goes into the mailbox, it doesn't stop somebody else from coming along and, and picking up your, your ballot. Right. Restricted delivery means that, you know, that, that's the kind of thing where you come home and you're like, oh, my gosh, there's a little green thing that's, that's up on my door. And it tells you to go, go to the post office. And, you know, you, you, go to, you go to the post office and they say, you know, Mr. Cross, we need, we need some form of ID. You know, so you pull out your ID. You show that to them. They give you, you know, you sign off and, and, and you get your mail. And with that, what's happening is you're getting tracking that shows that that ballot was delivered at, at this particular, you know, post office at such and such a time, David Cross signed for it or whatever. And it cost $11.65 for each one of these things to be mailed out. And the pushback that I'm getting from some legislators is like, ah, oh, oh my gosh, that's so much money. Right. Like if you mailed a million of these things across the state. It's $11.6 million to mail them out. Yes, that's a lot of that's a lot of money. It's a lot of waste. Maybe you guys can find a way to make it so that people only vote on one day, maybe two days. We don't need three weeks. Right. Um, you know, but it, it's, it is the, if you want convenience to make it so that you can do this, convenience costs money. And the right. reality is, is that there, there's not, a million disabled people, military people, whatever. There's just, there's not that many. So it's, this is totally doable, but people are just so accustomed to thinking that their government is not in the business of screwing them. And our government is, I'm convinced. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. And what I love about this idea is that it's very, very simple and it's very, very attainable. So is that the only, if we war game this, from a second is that the only pushback you're getting are they, are they citing any other reasons why this is not doable i mean they're you just said they're using third party services i'm sure those services are not free um and i'm sure it compares i'm sure if counties went to their local post office and i don't know but i'm sure you'd be able to negotiate something if you're sending out millions and millions of these things um i don't know Let's say well, here's, here's the thing. I would I would need to see the contract, you know, for for how these for how these ballot mailers work. But if they work anything like like typical marketing mailing companies, you know, so I'm I'm in the investment business, right? If yeah. I if I was going to do like a, a mailer out to and I was going to hit like five thousand people just in in the area around me, like I'm advertising for a, a seminar or something like that. Yeah, the marketing company is going to do their best to try and find people that fit the profile that I'm looking for. Right. Correct. And what's going to happen is I might give them a list of like, Hey, here's, here's what, here's a thousand ideal people that I definitely want to make sure, you know, you know, get my marketing piece. All right. Right. And the marketing company will say, okay, we'll study those people. We'll study their profile and we'll find you 4,000 more people that look really similar to them. Right. Well, you can do the same thing if, if you're delivering ballots. You can be like, oh, these people match the profile of this, this, and this. We'll find other people that, that look the same. It's just, it's, it's, you know, it's using marketing, you know, to, you know, to deliver, you know, voting materials. And the reality is, is that voting materials should not be treated like marketing materials. Voting is sacred. That's the bottom line. Well, and we have to protect it. I heard you say something that I thought was, I mean, spot on. I, I don't, I can't even think of a counter to it. I mean, if you were mailing someone a thousand dollars in cash, would you just put a stamp on the envelope? And, Absolutely and not. In your mailbox? You would, 
you would track it. And the, the same thing with like, like I said, with, with lawyers use process servers, you know, to deliver things, um, you know, a, a, a mortgage company when you're, when you're, whenever you've been like refinancing your mortgage or something like that, they never just mail it to you, you know, where documents are signed, they send it by UPS or FedEx, or they'll send it by, you know, by messenger, somebody that verifies that, that that document got to its correct address. And what people don't, what people fail to understand is that when Warnock was running for United States Senate, you know, in Georgia, that Senate race, just that one race, um, candidates spent $850 million. Well, if you take $850 million, divide by 5 million voters, that, that is $170 per vote or mm-hmm. per voter is, is what they were willing to spend. So that's just one race. That means that that means your ballot is worth probably a thousand dollars, you know, something close to it. Right. And if your ballot's worth a thousand dollars, why are we not tracking it? Why not why? treat it that way? Yeah. And, and we should be. Uh, let's talk for a moment about um, the Secretary of State of Georgia, um, the Honorable, and I use that word. I use that word loosely. Um, with my tongue firmly planted in my cheek, Brad Raffensperger. I yep. heard him say something recently. He said that uh, Georgia's uh, Georgia's voter rolls are an example, a shining example for other states in the country. They're the cleanest in the country, um, I believe he said. As someone who's been working on this issue for several years now, David, do you do you agree with that statement that Georgia's voter rolls are the cleanest in the country? No, no. And, and, and actually, so I've been I've been blessed with having, a, you know, a voice where I can ask for volunteers. I mean, I, I've, for, I've got like, I think, like seven or eight thousand followers on, on Twitter. And so when I put out a call for volunteers, I mean, people people contact me from all over the world. Um, and so one of the things I did want to say like late last year was I put out a call for data analysts, you know, people to help us like look at the voter rolls. Yeah. I was trying to look at the voter rolls myself. And the problem that I kept running into is that in Georgia, a full voter roll in Georgia got like 5 million people on it. Yeah. And, you know, my Excel spreadsheet, even though I've got a, a souped up computer, you know, Excel's not made to, you know, to, to run that kind of stuff. So yeah. you really need some, you know, people with database, you know, analytics. And so I had several people that raised their hands and said, hey, how can I help? I think I had like nine people initially. I think we're, we've got like um, five people that are working or five data analysts that I think that are working on this with varying de- de- you know, degrees and skills and abilities to, you know, to write in different coding language. And mm-hmm. there's a lady named Kim P. Brooks um, that, that is, you know, she's kind of like the, the lead investigator on this stuff. And she's really guiding the group. My job was simply to help put them together. But but these people just keep uncovering more and more dirt. So Raffensberger is totally lying um, to the people of Georgia, utterly lying. And if he wants to sue me for defamation or something like that, but saying he's lying, go right ahead. I would love to do discovery with you um, <laughs> because, he, you know, he, he is lying. I mean, I think at last count, I think um, we're over. We're close to 560,000 people in the state of Georgia that should not be in the voter rolls. Um, 560,000. Yeah, 560,000 people should not be on the voter rolls. We are finding people, we, we're starting to invent words to, to explain, you know, some of the things that we're finding. So somebody somebody who has been declared That's always dead, a good sign when you have to define. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, so we, 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 found, we found some people that, you know, are deceased. 
Mm. And we're finding that that their names are recirculating. They're showing back up on the voter rolls. We call them, we call it electoral resurrection. Mm. So we're seeing seeing people like like that that are happening, uh, things like that that are happening. We're finding people that have got, um, we're finding people that we're, we're, we're seeing something called synthetic identity theft. Mm-hmm. And an example is, is we, um, we've got a young lady in South Georgia that, that we found that, um, that has not voted. She's on the voter roll and she has, um, and she's registered to vote in two other counties. One of those is Gwinnett. I think the other one I want to say is like Screven County or Mitchell County. I can't remember which one, mm-hmm. but she's, you know, but this lady's registered to vote in, in three counties. She has three different voter IDs, um, there was an, another example. Um, one of our one of our really crafty technicians found out that there are 140 people from Chatham County, Georgia, who are still on the voter rolls, still eligible to vote in Chatham County, Chatham County, Georgia, who are also registered to vote and have driver's licenses in North Carolina. Hmm. And so Raffensperger will tell you, oh, listen, as soon as somebody gets a, gets a driver's license in another state, we're notified by the ERIC system and we pull them right off the voter roll. And that's just just, just clearly not true. We've got so many instances of, of things like that that are happening that mm. it's sickening to, to see what's happening um, you know, with our voter rolls. But the reality is, is that even if we go through and say, hey, we're going to take those 560,000 people off. The voter rolls may be clean for like a week, maybe two weeks, maybe a month, and then they'll just get added back onto the system. So there's 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 different parts of the system. So you've got you've got Eric, you've got um, I mean, and, and that's that's on a on a national basis that talks to the to the voter system in Georgia. Right. You've got Department of Driver Services in Georgia that talks to the system here in Georgia. You've got the different counties; they all talk, and so nobody's really doing anything to make sure that the voter rolls are clean in Georgia. And in fact, for the longest time, Georgia didn't even have like a cybersecurity professional that focused on elections. It was like a part-time position. Mm. The commitment that we're seeing to make sure that our vote is secure and sacred is, is non-existent with the secretary of state's office. Well, so this is so this is my question. The first question I had was, well, the first question I had when I heard him say that was, are, are you kidding me? The second question I had was, does he know? Does anyone does anyone really know what the state of the voter rolls in Georgia are right now? Is that a knowable fact as the as the system exists today? Um, it's a knowable fact. It kind of is, but it's also. It's a knowable fact within a very small universe of people, right? Mm. Why you're seeing me hesitate like that is because, mm. you know, can you, Mike, you know, figure out like what's going on in the voter rolls? Uh, maybe. I mean, so I just told you that if you go order one voter roll from the from the Secretary of State's office, they'll send it to you. They're going to send it to you like I think like on a little stick, or they'll send you an email or something like that. Mm. But. It'll have 5 million records on it going down this way and 28 records going this way. Okay. A lot of data. Yeah. And if, and if you, if you load that into your spreadsheet, it's probably going to crash. Okay. Um, And whether or not you have, you personally have the skills to be able to go in and, and, you know, and tell the system to geolocate these people to find out, you know, 
are they registered at a, at a commercial address? Now, I'm not talking about like an apartment building or something like that. I'm right. talking about like a restaurant. Like a gas station. Right, gas station right. or a shop or, or office building, whatever. Right. Um, can you do that? Probably not. You know, the analysts that, that I've got that are working on it, they absolutely can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is possible. But then, but then here's the thing. In order for you to be able to verify this information, you would need to get another voter roll next month for another 250 bucks. So now you're $500 into it just two months yeah. so that you can then compare what are the changes from the first month to the second month. That's what's critical. That's where the rubber hits the road is to see like what's happening. Gotcha. You have, you have to, you have to build kind of a narrative when it comes to the data, you have to see how it's progressing over time. Well, you just, you have, you have to see how it's progressing, how it's changing. Okay. So we've got people that are like, you know, on the voter roll, off the voter roll, on the voter roll, off the voter roll. <laughs> they just keep, you know, coming back and forth. Um, we've got dead people that have, you know, come on and gone off. Um, you know, and we're now at the point where I think we've collected maybe 23 or 24 voter rolls and they're all in this one database. And we've just got some spectacular people who've done a great job there. But um, but one of the things we've done, too, is we've actually created a tool called I think it's called the Voter Intelligence Portal is what was what we changed the name to. It's a voter intelligence tool mm-hmm. where if you wanted to, you could you could put in like the the, the street names in your particular neighborhood. And it'll tell you, like, who's a hard Democrat, who's a hard Republican, you know, who are the swing voters, you know, in between. Because I think that the real opportunity with getting the vote out happens to be with swing voters. And swing voters tend to be, they tend to be minorities. They tend to be, you know, immigrants. They tend to be young people. So they have a limited voting history. Mm. Those are the people that, that, you know, that I think it's easiest to, you know, to reach out to them and just say, Hey, listen, if you share conservative values, you know, or or you can just ask them, you know, knock on their door and go, hey, do you think Joe Biden's doing a good job? Most of them are going to go, are you insane? Do you enjoy and, paying eight dollars a car in for eggs? Yeah. Yeah. And then and you get that you get that no answer. And then you're, you'd be easily it'd be very simple to just say, hey, listen, if you share some of the conservative values that I do, you know, of, you know, of, of, and you can list down whatever things are important to you. Just talk to your neighbors, talk to these people and just say, if you share those values, you know, please vote, please vote Republican. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, and if you don't feel really comfortable voting because, you know, the, the, the ballot's got like 11, you know, or 18 different things on it. Right. And all you want to do is just go vote for president of the United States and house of representatives. If that's all you want to do, then make that first step and do that. But just, right. you know, kind of get involved in the political process and understand that you do have a voice. You know, I was reading you guys published a report uh, about a year ago now on uh, election fraud in Georgia, and I thought it was very, very thorough and it presents a lot of evidence that is very, very compelling. One of the things that really kind of stuck out at me is that is it true that you that open records requests were routinely denied by you guys by the state and by counties when you guys asked for yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Some, something that we're actually working on or that we have been working on for a while in, um, I think it was in, golly, I want to say 2021, mm. there was a municipal election in Williamson County, Tennessee. Mm. And, you know, and at the end of the day, the, the, the election workers were taken out of the machines and somebody happened to say, Hey, uh, I have 330 pieces of paper, but the machines only registered 98 votes. This doesn't seem right. Mm. And so the the Secretary of State's office in Tennessee, 
you know, did an investigation. They brought out Dominion. They brought out Pro VNV. That you know, and the, and they tried to figure out what happened. And they they ran the, the ballots to the machines, and it kept spitting out the same answer. It would only count ninety eight votes, and it would leave off like two hundred thirty two of them, or something like that. And what they found out eventually was that um, Dominion Democracy Suite five point five had a conflict with five point five B. And in the end analysis, they ended up wiping out everything on the machines, reinstalling fresh copies of, of, of Democracy Seat 5.5B, and this anomaly disappeared, and the machines counted correctly. So what's odd is that the way that they found this was in something called the system log files. Mm. It's a diary that the, um, that the scanner keeps. And, and sometimes it's, a, you know, sometimes it's 20 pages long. Sometimes it's could be 5,000 pages long. Um, what it tells you is it, it, it's a diary that gives you a, a, um, a report of every time somebody touched the button on the machine, you know, you touched the button. This was the result. Mm-hmm. A ballot was read to the machine. This was the result, you know, or, the, or this was the, it was either counted successfully or it wasn't. All right. Mm-hmm. So it's just a diary. And what we found in these diaries is we found the Williamson County, Tennessee error, which is it's called the QR code signature mismatch. Mm-hmm. We found we found these in 66 of 68 counties in Georgia. So roughly 97 percent of the counties. Now, for those of you who don't live in Georgia, Georgia has 159 counties. And I just told you that we got 68 counties to give us their documents. So that means a bunch of counties didn't give us anything. And the reason why they didn't was because right after I requested them, the, the, the state of Georgia sent out, the Secretary of State's office sent out a memo to all these counties and said, don't you dare send those documents to, to this person who's asking for these things. It's going to make it so our elections aren't secure. You know, it, it could release like source code, which was nonsense because I just told you the document I was looking for was just a diary. Right. right. It had no computer code, no nothing. Just it was just a historical record of what happened during an election. But anyway, like I said, in 66 of 68 counties, we found the same error that, that's going on up there. And in Georgia, we're using Democracy Suite 5.5A, which seems to be where this potential problem is at. And so I don't think any investigation has been done in Georgia. We're hopefully going to figure out something tomorrow when the state election board meets at 9 a.m. Mm because that's one of the complaints that I had. So I'm trying to figure out like what's going on, what happened. Did anybody do any investigation? I don't think anybody did anything. I think they just listened to dominion and said, ah, what he said. (laughs) That's exactly right. Is this the same as the Shaw files that are, that are missing? No. So the, so the, the Shaw files is something, is something different. So every, every time that, you know, every time you feed a ballot, you know, into a machine, um, the scanner is going to produce a digital image um, of that of that piece of paper, and it's also it's also going to um, create something called a SHA file or a .dot SHA file. And SHA .dot SHA, what's that? .dot SHA. I was just going to so say .dot, dot SHA. You know, this is just computer geek speak for right. it's a it's a it's a it's a file that authenticates that that particular ballot image is true and correct. And it hasn't been, it hasn't been changed. And 
that that technology was developed, I think, by the NSA maybe 30 years ago. Mm. And so it's used to help authenticate documents. And so in Georgia, we're, we're missing we're missing 1.7 million ballots or ballot images. Sorry, we're missing 1.7 million ballot images. And in a lot of these counties, we're missing the Shaw files. These are should, images that should be there and should be archived that for some strange reason are missing and no one has an explanation as to why. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, the, the Dominion system in, in Georgia is, you know, it is kind of complex. And a lot of these counties end up hiring, you know, Dominion people or former Dominion people to help them run their elections. Um, but and, and that's and a little sidebar is that we wouldn't have to hire anybody if we just did it with paper and pencil and did it like Thailand where, you know, where they, where they take the ballot and they put it up and they're like, okay, here's a vote for so-and-so and here's a vote for some, for some, for somebody else. Um, but we don't do that. Um, so this is the answer I have whenever someone says, well, we can't open up the boxes. We can't open up the machines because there's proprietary information in there. Well, there shouldn't be proprietary information. <laughs> if, a, if a computer serves a purely additive function, if you're computerizing literally the four slashes and the fifth one through it, that's yeah. that you, what's proprietary about that? Right. There, there, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, this, this, we, we should be able to run these things like on a Scantron, you know, <laughs> if, if you want to do it really quickly like that, like from right. high school. Right. But, but one, one, one thing I want, I want people to understand is that civilized nations count their ballots with human eyeballs. Yes. Okay. They use a handmarked paper ballot. They use human eyeballs to, to count it. They do it on camera. You know, so, so for anybody that says, oh, if you're using human beings account, there's all kinds of ways to cheat. My granddaddy, he got cheated, you know, 40, 50 years ago. Well, you know what your granddaddy didn't have that we have today? High definition cameras <laughs> everywhere. Okay? Everybody's a threat. So exactly right. Everybody's yeah, a security so, camera now. So it's, it's not it's not difficult to authenticate the, these things. Um, but again, I think I, I think I, uh, I'm going from memory here, but we have um, we have Ireland. Uh, the UK, France, Spain, Germany, Italy, um, Finland, Sweden, Japan. Um, I don't know if I said Japan already. Um, Thailand and Australia. Um, they all count them on, on paper ballots. I mean, and they do it by hand and they have the answer that same day. Yeah. Um, so it, it is it is totally it is totally possible, you know, to, to be able to do this. But and it's the way we count a ballot forever. And when I when I have, you know, when I have elected officials in Georgia go, oh, my gosh, we just can't count them that quickly. We don't have the manpower or, you know, that's so many ballots to count. And I'm like, you know what? New York City counted ballots by hand forever. Right. You know, and, you know, 100 years ago, there were more people in in the state of New York than they were in the state of Georgia. And we, and they still were able to count the ballots by hand. So I'm getting kind of tired of the excuses at this point. So we can do it. We should do it. And it would save it, a lot of counties would save a ton of money. When that County where I live is going to spend six and a half million dollars this year on, on elections. That's well, a that's, that's the rub also, because that's, we were talking about excuses a moment ago. A lot of counties will use those excuses it costs too much and it takes too much time. The reality oftentimes is the exact opposite. It's cheaper and faster and obviously more secure. Well, in, in 2020, in Fulton County and a lot of counties in Georgia, 
it took eight days to count the ballots by machines. Yeah. Eight days, not eight hours, eight days. And there's just, I, it just, it, to me, it doesn't make any sense. So I, I'm, I'm just back to, you know, human marked, human counted, you know, paper ballots, um, you know, and, and by God, if you're going to mail them, you know, use restricted delivery to try and, you know, try and track it. Speaking of Fulton County, very quickly, um, Fannie Willis, have the good people of Fulton County uh, had enough of her yet and her antics? You know, it, it, I, guess, I guess it depends. So there, there's there's a fair number of conservative people that live there, but they're they're definitely in the minority. And yeah. I, I think they're kind of sick of seeing their, their tax dollars being wasted. But, you know, th- there was news that came out today that, that said that there's, you know, it looks like there's going to be a recommendation for investigation you know, of improprieties. And if that's the case, I, I think that case is dead. I think that the, the, the people that have been named that case, um, you know, the, if, if her case gets punted to another district attorney somewhere, you know, either in the county or in the, or in the state, you know, to pick it up. I mean, that's going to be like picking up a nuclear turd. Nobody's nobody wants to touch that thing. You know, it's, it becomes radioactive at that point. Nobody wants to touch it. Right. Tell the folks um, about Election Truth in Georgia, your organization, what you guys do. We've given them a taste already, but tell, tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so so I, you know, when I when I started this whole when I started this whole investigation, trying to figure out what happened with our elections, I thought for sure I was going to find like the one smoking gun, right? For 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 how for how elections are manipulated, right. and you know, and I thought we were going to I thought we were going to find like widespread election fraud, right? And what I found is that widespread election fraud is stupid. Okay. And it's stupid because it would be too easy to catch. So Mm. election fraud is very targeted and it's also based on who's the highest bidder. And it's also not just Democrats. All right. So it's anybody who is willing to, you know, to pay for ballots or pay for an outcome. So that's, that's where it is. So anyway, so I created this website called gaballots.com. Yeah. Just to, you know, just to be able to house like all the different things that we're finding. And then I've also got a page that's on there, I think, where we where we show you like how you can fight back. So there's there's some great tools and resources that are on there. And then another website I created called American Patriot Caucus dot com mm. will help you. Will, it'll, there's on the documents and resources page. That, that's there's only two pages on it. Um, you'll be able to you'll be able to figure out like who your elected representatives are. I've also got a link on there for how you can see who's giving your elected representatives money. And they really hate it when I, when I put that out there, but you know, <laughs> right. Nobody likes that. Right. One of your elected reps, you know, is getting money from a big corporation or a wealthy individual. Guess whose telephone calls they are going to be taking that guy. Right. 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 Like, you know, remember we are the poors. All right. So we, we don't really count. Um, you know, so I'm trying to give people the tools and the resources so they can see what's out there and put it in one place where, you know, you can hopefully have a, an impact because when you go see who gives money to your elected reps, the thing to do is to find out if, you know, if you know one of those people or you have a connection to one of those people that, that's giving money, you know, to the elected reps and, you know, you can go talk with them, have a constructive conversation with them and just say, Hey, listen, this is something that's bothering me. This is something that's important. You give a lot of money to, you know, to representative X how do you feel about this? You know, is this something that's important to you? Is it, is it important enough to you, you know, to kind of lord it over their head and say, Hey, listen, if you don't do something about, about, you know, about election integrity issues, I'm not giving you any, any, you know, any more campaign money, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And for, you know, for elected officials, um, money and votes are like oxygen. And if you cut off the oxygen, you know, you, you can, you can get change. That is so smart. Um, you said something a moment ago um, that I want to unpack a little bit. You said that when you first started looking into this issue, you thought that you were going to find the one smoking gun and that, you know, the whole house of cards was going to come down. Uh, I, I had the exact same feeling when I started covering this in, in 2020. Um, but here we are a few years later and we're still at this. Talk for a brief moment about the importance of continuing to chip away because like I tell anybody who will listen to me, our side is only gaining members. Their side is the one that's losing. They're, you know, the nebulous they, as you alluded to, as our good friend Bill right. likes to call them. They're, they're losing members on a daily basis. We're gaining on a daily basis. Um, for people who are discouraged and, and, you know, hear about the kind of work that you're doing and say, well, nothing's going to happen because everybody's crooked. What would you say to them? I would say just keep, you know, keep learning, keep applying pressure. Um, and it just understand that, you know, so I'm, I'm 54 years old. I'm a child of the seventies, you know, the, the, you know, the late seventies and early eighties. And when, you know, Saturday mornings, my, my parents would, you know, would, you know, tell me and my, my brother, my two sisters, let us sleep late. Y'all go watch cartoons, whatever. And so what would we see? We would see, um, we'd see schoolhouse rock. And it was kind of like your civics lesson, you know, right. and you see, I'm just a bill up on Capitol Hill and all that kind of thing. Right. And they teach a little bit about, about history. And and I think what happened was, you know, a, a lot of us saw those things and you kind of got lulled into a false sense of security because, you know, I think me and other people like me looked at our government as this benign entity that wasn't going to, you know, it was there to serve the people. Right. Yeah. And as it turns out, it's, it's, you know, it's not necessarily there to, to serve the people. There's plenty of people that work in government that are that are good folks. But I mean, let's let's be honest. There's plenty of people that are out there where they use it as their way to, you know, to exert power and influence and, you know, and award contracts and get money and, and that kind of thing. So they, they're in there for the there's some people that are in there for the wrong reasons. And, you know, for the last 20, 30 years, a lot of us were just kind of lulled into this false sense of security that that the, that these people weren't doing bad things, and it turns out they were. And now it's up to me and you to go right the ship, point out the you know the deficiencies. And when you see somebody doing something, it's literally see something, say something. You know, mm -hmm. share it with your friends, share it online. You now have a megaphone that's bigger than at any time in history. So, I mean, you like with, 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 you know, with your show, you, you have an opportunity, whereas before, you know, the news basically came from Walter Cronkite and your local news. That was it. Right. You know, and, you know everybody has a potential voice, you know, and it can, it, it can sometimes mean that there's maybe too much information coming at people. But the reality is, is that if you start seeing the same message get repeated, you know, with Mike, or Dave, or Bill, and you start seeing like the same repeated message, you you know, and if it interests you, you should check into it, you know, check it out, see, you know, see what's true, draw your own conclusion. And I think you'll find that, that there's a lot more truth that, that's happening. And I think people are waking up. I don't think they were before, but I think people truly are waking up right now to the, you know, to the fact that, that, um, that they've been screwed and it's time to fix it. I, I think that's absolutely right. 
U.S. asset management. I don't want to let you go before I ask about that. You're in the uh, you're in the investment space. Um, how bad is it out there? Um, you know what? We're actually doing really well. Um, you know, it's you know, our you know our business is based upon the number of clients that are coming to us, and then how we're doing for those clients. Because you know, if we're doing well for clients, then they end up sending more people to us. So we're doing we're doing well in in that regard. Um, we lost a bunch of clients, you know, back when I was really you know got you know started getting really vocal about my political views and you know the investigative work that we're doing. And a lot of our I can't say all of them, but uh, quite a few of our liberal clients abandon us. I mean, like I had the black plague, mm-hmm. and they were going to get it from me. All right. Um, and so they, 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 they parachuted out of my life and I was hurt. I mean, it was, it hurt our business. It hurt our income. It hurt all the way around. Mm. And, you know, short, you know, shortly after that, we, we lost a really large client in, uh, in late, in late 2022, like in August of 2022. Um, I went home pretty upset that day. It was like a $5 million client. And that's not to say that we just deal with like large clients. This was a very large client for us or anybody else for that matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, our typical client has anywhere from like a hundred to $500,000 with us. So we're, we are working with just, you know, um, just your average American that, Everyday that's folks, right. trying, trying to get ahead. Right. But this, this particular guy, you know, he left us, his account was, I mean, in 2022, the market was tanking. This guy was only down, I think like 2%. He, he left us, just couldn't deal with, you know, the fact that, you know, that, um, that I was calling out, um, you know, deficiencies in the system, calling out rhinos and that kind of thing. And I went home that night, just upset. And my wife did a prayer over dinner. And in that prayer, she said, Lord, it's always been said that you don't take something away without you know, giving something back of equivalent value. And she said, we could really use that right about now. Hmm. The very next day, a lady called me and she said, I saw you, you know, on an interview, you know, talking about election stuff, you're Republican, I'm Republican, you know, I live in Gwinnett. And she said, um, you know, I have a situation where I need some help, you know, and I've got like $700,000. Can you help me? Yes, we can. Thank you very much. All right. And she says, I have a friend who's going to call you tomorrow and she's got like 300,000 bucks. And I'm like, awesome. That's like nearly a million dollars. All right. And in my business, when somebody says, I have a friend who's going to call you tomorrow, they never call. Right. right? (laughs) This lady called. All right. And then on the third day, a guy called me up and he said, Hey, I saw you on an interview. I live in, you know, in, you know, near you, you know, you live near me. And, and he said, I need your help. My dad needs your help. And my deceased, you know, brother, you know, he needs your, his, his account needs your help too. And I said, that's fantastic. We'd love to help you. And it turns out that it was more than, than what we had lost. So, you know, we, we actually gained back more than, more than what we lost. And so that was kind of the beginning of, you know, of the spiral up. And so what, what's been really fantastic is we've gotten lots of new clients that have come to us and, one one of our clients said it was so it was so you know so nice he came he came over visited with us i took him out for you know for you know tacos for lunch afterwards and we're sitting there talking and he says you know what i feel like i found my tribe yes and that's and that's you know that's what it's about so we have really i've gained a lot of new friends out of this my wife has gained a lot of new new friends you know out of this journey that we've been on and it's not to say that it's been easy but it has been rewarding and I'm very grateful, I'm grateful to God for, you know, for helping, 
you know, helping make that happen. That's really special. Thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. Um, well, uh, I, I know we're both uh, pressed for time. I know you're pressed for time. So I just want to say thank you for coming by and sharing all this great information with us, David. Um, and thank you for the work that you're doing. Tell the folks where they can track you down online, where they can keep up with you. All right. So the, the easiest places to get me is um, is if you go to if you go to if my if you go to my company website us-am.com so that's united states-am like asset management.com you can find me there um there's there's like a, i think on the top right hand corner there is a there's like a there's a link if you want to like have a discussion or something like that you can click on that you can reach out to us um you know you can certainly you know find me on um you know on twitter at ga ballots so the at sign GA ballot, you can find me there. So there's all kinds of different ways you can that you can find me. And our office is is in Gwinnett, where it's satellite and sugarloaf, and anybody's you know welcome to stop by and see us. Thank you, sir. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for being in the fight. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it.